Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Aditi Bandlamudi in San Francisco. Californians held rallies across the state this weekend in support of Ukraine as Russia continues its attacks in the country. In the city of Citrus Heights in Sacramento County, Vacheslav Stolyurchik was among those taking part in an anti-war car rally. He spoke to ABC10 in Sacramento. Everybody's afraid because you never know when the missiles are going to hit. And uh, my cousins are heading out to your front lines right now. Uh, my brother, he lives in Missouri, thinking of going to help evacuate people and uh, bring them uh, humanitarian uh, help. Meanwhile, in Santa Monica on Sunday, hundreds gathered in support of Ukraine. Vladimir Boyko spoke to the California Report Saul Gonzalez about why this is so personal for him. Fighting in the street where I used to live back there in Ukraine. Really? Your old neighborhood has yes. turned into a war zone? It's, uh, it's my old neighborhood, city of Kharkiv, in war zone. And uh, I got a video, and it actually on this video was actually like next to my uh, house where I used to live. It's, uh, it's a fighting right now. Boyko says everyone he knows in Ukraine has stayed to fight and defend their country from Russia's attacks. Last month, we reported that delays for state hearings in wage theft cases are hurting low-wage workers, hoping to recover the money they're owed. Now, new data obtained by KQED shows how much those wait times have ballooned in recent years. KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports workers with claims in Oakland and San Francisco face some of the worst delays in California. Mirna Arana sits at a park near her house in Oakland and unfolds documents from the California Labor Commissioner's office on her claim for thousands of dollars in unpaid wages. She says she worked 12-hour days, six days a week, cleaning offices and homes for a small janitorial company. But her employer only paid her for half that and didn't pay overtime and meal and rest breaks, as required by law. She plucked up the courage to complain to the state in 2018, but it took more than three years before the labor commissioner held a hearing. It's hard to wait that long, she says. It meant that her family had to move three times when the rent went up, and they struggled to buy food. Employers can settle with workers at any time. But by law, the Labor Commissioner's office must hold a hearing for an unresolved wage claim within 120 days from when it's filed. That's not happening. In 2015, California workers waited almost twice as long for a hearing. Now, they're waiting close to seven times as long. 
812 days on average, according to figures we obtained from the labor commissioner. I want to acknowledge that that is not a number that we want to be at. Daniel Yu is an assistant chief at the agency. We want to make sure that the process works effectively and efficiently so the workers are able to get their hearings resolved as quickly as possible. He says when the pandemic started, the agency halted in-person hearings for a year and a half, which slowed things significantly. And there are only about 64 hearing officer positions statewide to judge thousands of wage claims per year. Twelve of those positions are vacant, says you. The hiring of our hearing officers uh, remains a top priority. He says the agency will get funding to hire four more hearing officers this summer. But that's not enough staff to cut the wait times, says Veronica Chavez, a workers' rights attorney with Centro Legal de la Raza in Oakland. Clearly it's not. They do need more. Like a lot. A lot more. Just the Oakland and San Francisco offices need, need many hearing officers. Even before the pandemic, those offices faced among the longest delays. And last year in San Francisco, the average wait was 968 days. In Oakland, it was 1160 days, more than three years. This almost encourages employers to continue exploiting. You know, the chances of there being repercussions seem to be very long, far down the line. One of her clients is a restaurant cook named Alexander. We're not using his last name because he fears it'll hurt his case. He was hopeful when he filed his claim back in September 2018. Three and a half years later, he's still waiting for a hearing. He says not knowing if he'll ever get paid has left him hopeless and depressed. Enfadoso, mire tanto esperar como ya cayendo en depresión uno. State Assemblyman Ash Kalra, who chairs the Labor Committee, says he understands workers are frustrated. Delays that go on for years is completely unacceptable, uh, and we have to do better. Kalra says he's ready to push for more resources and support for the Labor Commissioner, including to make the job of hearing officer more attractive so the agency can compete for candidates who might go to the private sector. And you also have to have class the job classifications pay more. And that's not something that can necessarily be legislated, but it is something the administration should look at. Back at the playground in Oakland, Mirna Arana tells her three-year-old son it's time to go home. She finally got her hearing. And last December, the labor commissioner ruled that her old boss owes her nearly $183,000. But by then, the company had filed for bankruptcy, she says, and it's unclear if she can collect her wages. She says she wants the state to resolve these claims faster to help fight the injustice of wage theft that's hurting her community. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero in Oakland. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. 
Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Governor Gavin Newsom is expected to announce upcoming changes to mask mandates in schools later today. It's all part of the state's transition in its COVID-19 response, as Newsom starts to lift his executive order provisions made earlier in the pandemic. These orders were made under the Emergency Services Act. 19 provisions end this week, and another 33 will be phased out over the next three months. Some of the provisions being lifted include those that made places like hotels and motels suitable for treating and isolating COVID-positive patients. At a press briefing Friday, California's Health and Human Services Secretary Mark Galley praised these orders. It isn't by accident or mistake that California has one of the lowest death rates of a large state. It's because of the level of intention and thought around the use of mitigation strategies. According to officials, the 30 provisions remaining in place relate to ongoing COVID-19 mitigation efforts, like administering vaccines and distributing tests and PPE. The state Senate will begin considering ending California's state of emergency next month. And that's the California Report for Monday, February 28th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Aditi Bandlamudi. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. The Wesley Foundation investing in California's underserved youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too. 
at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.